Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of my ebooks. All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet and All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo. These two ebooks examine the careers and histories of seven great fictional detectives and policemen and life lessons that can be learned from them. They are available wherever fine ebooks are sold or also as audiobooks through audible.com or the Apple Store. And you can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks over at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date, August 9th, 1949, and the title is The Deep Sea Murder Case. Dad. Happy fishing. Thank you, son. Thank you. I can't wait to get my line trailing in the ocean. Today's the day, son. Uh, yeah, pretty calm out there, Dad. Oh, the tuna will be running. They've got to be. Ever know me to go after anything I didn't get? <laughs> I'll be seeing you, son. Wish me luck. Well, I already did, but once more won't hurt. Good luck, Dad. I hope you can sell the tuna on the idea of being out there when you get there. Oh, they'll be out. <laughs> Looks like there's only one fishing boat left. All the others must have gone out already. Only need one, you know, son. See you at dinner. Bye. Bye. But tell the cook to be prepared for a big one, Arthur. I'll be home about three o'clock. Ahoy there. Ahoy, the fishing boat. Ahoy. Ahoy yourself. What do you want? My name is Case, Millard Case. I'd like to hire your boat to go fishing. Sorry, can't do. Try some other boat. But there are no other boats. They've all left. You're the last one here. I'll pay you anything you want. I've got to go fishing this morning, and you've got to take me. What's going on here, Captain Smith? Uh, this man here. Uh, my name is Case, Millard Case. Gentlemen, there's no question at all about this. You've got to take me fishing. He wants to hire our boat, Iggy. Didn't you tell him it was already hired? Hired? So what? So somebody's paying you. I'll pay you double. Gentlemen, I always get what I want, and right now I want to hire this boat. I won't listen to any arguments, gentlemen. I simply must go fishing this morning. And you simply have to take me. Let's have no further discussion about it. Iggy, listen. Right, Captain Smith. You, Mr. Case, go take a walk or something. I want to talk to my mate. Will you just tell him to get ready to shove off? I'll be right over here. Iggy, we got to take that old character aboard. But, boss, how can we? You know we got a job to do this morning. I know, but suppose he sticks around and sees that we shove off without anybody else coming aboard. Oh, yeah. You'll want to know where the guy is who hired us. That's right. This case guy is used to having his own way. Uh -huh. We can't take a chance on his raising the roof around here. That'll be followed by questions, and we can't stand questions. Don't I know it. We're going to take him out, Iggy. He wants to go fishing. Okay, we'll take him fishing. Only we don't make any contract to bring him back. Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, uh, Captain Smith, how far out are we? We're pretty near the spot where the tuna's running, Mr. Case. Well, I'm all ready for the tuna when they start to bite. Nice rod and reel you got there. Oh, it's the finest. I paid... Oh, Captain Smith, I've got something on my line. Tuna, probably. Well, reel it in, Mr. Case. Careful, she may give you a fight. Oh, I'll be careful, all right. I'll give it plenty of play. Let it tire itself out. See that it doesn't tire you too much. Well, don't you worry about me. Iggy! Iggy, come up on deck. Yeah, Captain. What goes? Our client is very happy. He's uh-huh. busy hauling in his first strike of the morning. And we wasted enough time. I'm ready whenever you are. That's right now. Let's go back to where he is. You two are just in time. I've almost got him in. Watch me. We sure will, Mr. Case. Another 10 or 12 feet and he's all mine. You won't be sorry you took me out this morning, gentlemen. Believe me, you won't be sorry. We won't be, but you will. Okay, uh, Iggy, over it goes. No, over it is, Heave. No, no, please don't. Ah. Well, we did it, Captain. And that gets rid of him. Yeah. Can't help wondering, though, how big that tuna was that he hooked. <laughs> I could stop typing these notes anytime you want me to, Vance. No trouble at all. Wouldn't mind it a bit? Stop anytime you like, Ellen. There's no rush on those. I'm glad. What's the matter, Vance? Your private office too small for you? You mean, why am I out here with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ellen, you are too modest. Oh, don't tell me it's me that brought you out. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but believe me, I'd try. <laughs> it's a combination of you and the fact that I haven't anything unusually interesting to work on today, Ellen. The district attorney has let you down. Hasn't let you in on a new murder case in days. Remind me to speak to Mr. Markham when I see him. When you see him, it'll undoubtedly be because he's here about a new murder. And in that case, speaking to him won't be necessary. Vance, please stop making sense. It's a habit I'd just as soon not break, Ellen. I used to make it a habit to win arguments. But, of course, that was before I started working for you. You know, it's amazing. Hello, Ellen, Vance. Oh, hello, Well, hello, Markham. Markham. Come in. Thanks. Come here, Mr. Case. Right. Vance, I must see you in your private office immediately. Well, by all means, come in, both of you. Thank you. Vance, this is Arthur Case. You've undoubtedly heard of his father. Oh, Millard Case? Yes, I've heard of him. How do you do, Mr. Case? How do you do? Please sit down. Thank you. Vance, Millard Case has disappeared. What? Yes, that's right, Vance. I drove my father down so he could go fishing this morning, and he was due back at 3 o'clock... But he hasn't returned. Any report of any accidents to a fishing boat? None at all. We think perhaps he never did get on a boat. As I understand it, he got to the dock rather late this morning. All I know is I drove him there and he hasn't come back. Vance, you've got to find my father. I'll pay anything you ask. We'll discuss payment later, Mr. Case. What dock did you drive your dad to? The Summers docks, Vance. The foot of Dobbs Street. Foot of Dobbs Street, eh? Yes. Well, then, I'm off to the foot of Dobbs Street to get a head start on this case. Okay, Iggy, cut it down. There's the buoy we're looking for. Right, Captain. Thanks. Now we stick around till a friend of mine shows up in his boat. And we'll get what we came after. Well, suits me if he hurries. 
How about you, Captain? He'll be here. We couldn't very well have that old case guy around when we grabbed this stuff, could we, again? No, sir. He's better off where he is, anyhow. Chances are he caught a lot of fish in his time. Maybe by this time some fish caught him. (laughs) (laughs) Poetic justice of a sort at that. Huh? Never mind. Well, this is where we park till our friend shows up. Well, I'll throw the anchor overboard. Do that. Here we go. Uh, how much is he bringing this trip, Captain? About $20,000 worth. All perfect. All blue-white. All diamonds. And all coming in without paying a dime in duty. Good. Our friend will pass in his boat, throw him in the dory in back of ours, and we're off. <laughs> you know, McGee, this is real fishing. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay, okay. All right, mister, just hold the fish up with your right hand. Uh, like this? Yeah, that's right. Keep your rod and reel in your left and smile. All right. Now, smile pretty for the camera. All right, Smile. Good. Pull yeah. it. Got it. Oh, good. Come back in an hour. I have one copy for you and a print for the doc file. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, let's see. I got to develop that batch for the guy who's going to... I beg your there. pardon. Huh? <laughs> you can't want to see me. Where's your fish? <laughs> Everybody what talks to me has a fish they want me to take a picture of. <laughs> Most times the fish are prettier than the people. <laughs> Where's your fish? Well, I don't have one at the moment. Apparently, you're connected with the fishing dock in a camera capacity. But maybe you can give me some information. Pal, I'm so unused to talking to anybody without a fish in their mitt, I'm practically tongue-tied. You sure you ain't got a fish? I'm positive. My name is Vance, Philo Vance. I'm a private investigator. You sure are. I heard about you, Vance. What's up? If a man came down here at 10 o'clock this morning and wanted to go fishing, what boats would be available? What boats? Yes. No boats. All of them are out by then. They're out and I'm sleeping. Time to get back. I'm here with my camera ready to shoot pictures of anybody who catches anything over two pounds. I bet I made a thousand pictures this year already. People are vain about their catches, I know. Vain? They're out of their heads. Catch a fish, take a picture, catch a fish, take a picture. I bet we got 10,000 pictures of guys and fish they caught and where they caught them, how they caught them, what boat they were on, how much the fish weighed, how much they weighed. Honest, Vance, you never saw so many guys fish foolish. Well, fishing's a great sport and a lot of people enjoy it, my friend. Tell me this. Yeah? If one boat did happen to be around at 10 o'clock this morning, who would know what boat that was? See that shack across the street? Yes. Belongs to Captain Smith. His boat's called the Daisy. He goes out a little late some days. Ask him. Maybe he can help. Well, thank you. I will. Anytime you grab a fish, Vance, and you want a picture taken, don't forget me. You get him on the line, I get him on film. Thanks. I'll remember that. Yes? I'm looking for some information. You're Captain Smith? So? I'd like to know two things. What time did your boat pull out this morning, and were there any other boats around at the time? We shoved off at 9.45. We were the last boat to leave. That all? Well, yes, I suppose so. Thank you very much. That's all right. Who was that, Captain? Didn't give his name, McGee. And he didn't have to. I recognized him. That was Philo Vance. Hey. Young Mr. Case here gave us a good tip. Yes, I did. I knew he'd be down here checking my father's disappearance. Glad I warned you two in time. Hey, look, kid. You know, when that old guy came to us on the dock, we didn't realize it was your father or we would have taken him with us. 
You know that, don't you? I know it, Smitty. I didn't know it was your boat at the dock, or I never would have suggested he take it when I dropped him off. Okay, as long as that's understood. We told the old guy we wouldn't take him. He slung his rod over his shoulder and started walking, saying something about he'd find somebody to take him on. Well, he's gone. That's all I know. And for that matter, that's all I care about. I own everything all by myself now that he's gone. Well, look, let's forget your old man and get on to this business here. You got the stones we got from the buoy. You got the cash like you're supposed to have? Yeah, of course I have, Figgy. They're right here. I ought to get rid of these stones for about $30,000. I pay you guys $20,000, right? That's right. Here you are. And now that I'm in the chips, I'm through with this racket. Smuggling's too dangerous. In fact, it's completely ridiculous now that I'm to inherit all Dad's money. So this, gentlemen, is our last transaction. You're being a little hasty, aren't you, young fella? No. We gotta have somebody sell these stones after we get them. You've been doing fine up to now. You're sticking with us whether you like it or not. And don't get any ideas about quitting. We wouldn't like that, would we, Iggy? No, Cap. We wouldn't like it at all. You two don't bluff me. I'm walking out of this racket, and if either of you thinks he can do something to stop me, I'll do something you really won't like. Follow Vance's office, Miss Deering speaking. Ellen, this is Vance. Oh, hello, Vance. Mr. Ellen, Mark... I think I'm on the track of something in the case disappearance. I don't have time now, but you call Mr. Markham. I've and... been trying to tell you, Vance. Markham's right here. He's been waiting for Good. you. Good. Let me talk to him, please. Just a second. Please pick up that phone, Mr. Markham, will you? It's Vance. Right. Have you got it, Mr. Markham? Okay, Ellen. Yes, Vance. Markham, I guess I live right or something. I have a lead on Mr. Case's disappearance. <laughs> if you do have, it isn't because you live right. It's because you have the uncanny faculty of noticing the slightest incongruities in a case, Vance, and a wonderful way of analyzing their meaning. If I'm that good, I'd better stop right now. Can't do any better than that, can I? You can do much better. You can find Mr. Case or whoever it is that's responsible for his disappearance. I don't believe we'll ever find Mr. Case, Markham. I think he's been murdered. But I also think I have a pretty good idea of who murdered him and why. This is District Attorney Markham. We are now working on the disappearance of Millard Case, wealthy, eccentric father of Arthur Case, who reported to us that his father was missing. After speaking to a photographer who specializes in pictures of fishermen, and after talking to a Captain Smith who owns a fishing boat, Vance is of the opinion that the elder Case has been murdered and believes he knows who did the killing. Right at the moment, I have finished talking on the telephone with Arthur Case, who is at home, and as I understand it... Well, Smith, what do you and Iggy want in my home? It won't take us long to tell you. Case, we don't like what you said when you were down at my shack this afternoon. No? Uh-uh. In fact, we don't like a lot of things. That's right. Like, for instance, how your old man happened to come down to the dock while ours was the only boat around. Well, that's one of the things that brought you here. Case, let's understand each other. You drove your old man to the docks, knowing he was a stubborn guy who wouldn't take no for an answer. About going out on my boat, I mean. You knew we'd have to take him or he'd start asking too many questions. 
You know, if we took them, we couldn't bring them back because we had to pick up those diamonds. And you also knew we'd have to bump them and you'd have that on us. That's right. It was getting rid of my father and getting something on both of you at the same time. Kind of cute, I thought. We don't think so. In fact, we don't want anybody around who can throw a murder rap at us, so... Grab him, McGee. I got him. No, you don't. I'll I'll yell for the servants. Well, I'm glad you smacked him on the head, Cap. I couldn't have held him much longer. What do we do with him now? We tie him up and carry him out of here, then dump him in the ocean. Yeah, suits me. There's some fishing line over here in this room. I'll get it. You know, I think this young fellow was trying to double-cross us all the way. That's the reason he got Philo Vance in on the case. He figured Vance would find some lead to us. Well, how could he, Cap? He can't. There is no lead to us or our boat, Iggy. Believe me. Go ahead. Start tying. Okay. Wait a minute. What for? We can't take a chance of being seen carting a body out of this house. Nobody saw us come in, but we may be spotted leaving. Give me a knife. Sure, Cap. Here. Why are you turning your head away, Iggy? Can't you stand seeing me stab the kid? Oh, it ain't that, Cap. Believe me, it ain't. It's just that later on, if somebody asked me, did I see who killed young Case, I could say no, and I wouldn't be telling a lie. You see, Cap, if there's anything I hate in this world, it's a lie. Well, Vance, there's young Case stabbed. Hmm. Looks to me as if somebody wanted to wipe out his entire family and has pretty well succeeded. I wouldn't waste too much sympathy on him, Markham. What's that? Thanks for calling and getting me up here, though. It simplifies things quite a bit. How do you mean? Young Case told us he drove his dad to the fishing dock yesterday morning. He wouldn't have left him there if there weren't a boat at the dock that could conceivably have taken his father. Uh, The father wouldn't have stayed either, for that matter. That's right. That means there was a boat. But Case wouldn't tell us that. And you know why not? No. Because if he had, he knew we could have traced the boat. And that's the last thing he wanted to have happen. You mean he planned his father's disappearance? I'm relatively certain now that he knew what would happen to him if his father, who, as we know, was stubborn, insisted on getting on the one available boat. Markham, did you ever hear of a Captain Smith? Only what you told me. Well, we're going to find him. And I think we're going to have to rent a launch to do it. Feel equal to a little boat trip? Definitely. It's kind of a fishing trip, but uh, don't bring a rod and reel. Just bring your revolver. We'll need it to coax our fish into shore. A little further out, Iggy. We drop anchor and wait. We ought to make contact in about 20 minutes, I figure. We're a little ahead of time, huh, Captain? Better to be early than late. If we weren't here, our contact wouldn't come back. He'd be scared. Uh Now all he has to do is come in by his boat, throw a package in that dory we got in the water, and keep going. You know, I'm kind of glad we got rid of that young case, Cap. Oh, my. Now we got only the two of us to split the take, and we don't run no risk of nobody finding out we tossed the old guy overboard. That's right, Iggy. Perfectly right. Cut the motor. Aye, aye, sir. Well, I'm... Getting just like a regular sailor, Cap, huh? You'll do, Iggy. Hey, there's a boat coming our way. Where, Cap? Off the port bow. Well, say it in English. I, I ain't that good a sailor yet. Off the front of the boat to the left. Uh, oh, yeah, I see it. Is that the boat we're waiting for? No, I don't think so. 
I'll take a look through these glasses. Ah, it isn't the boat at all. No? There's two guys in this one, and one of them is Philo Vance. What do we do, boss? Run for it? Why should we? We're in the clear. Why give them something to think about? All I know is that they must want something coming all the way out here to look for us. We don't know they're looking for us. Ahoy there, aboard the Daisy. He's looking for us, all right. Ahoy! You want us? That's right. There we are. We're coming alongside. What do we do, Cap? What? We keep quiet and let them do the talking. We'll find out in a minute what they want. Are you Captain Smith? That's right. I'm District Attorney Markham. We want you on shore, Smith. Get going. What do you want me for? I can tell you that, Smith, when we get to shore. Remember me? Sure, you're Vance. That's right, he's Philo Vance. Now start your motor, back off a little bit, and head for shore. We'll follow you in in our boat, and don't try anything tricky. Okay, if you want us ashore, we go ashore. Start her up, Iggy. Start swinging around and then head for the shore. Better do it, Cap. That guy's got a gun, and you said he's got nothing on us. No, I'm not sure. Get all the speed you can get out of that motor again. All right, Cap. Complete the turn, but instead of heading for the shore, head for that boat and get it right, right in the middle. We don't want to take any chances on either of those guys living. Ram them, huh, Cap? Ram them and get going now. Aye, aye, sir. Hey! Hey, keep away! You're going to run into us! Well, that's your idea, is it? We'll see about that. You'll never get a chance to shoot again. Hold tight, Iggy. This is it. All right, Captain. Come on. Here it goes. Ah, that'll teach those two to keep their noses out of our business, eh, Iggy? Oh, it sure will. Hey, Cap, any chance of their swimming to shore? In this current, six miles out, not a chance unless they're part fish. Come to think of it, they will be part fish any minute now. <laughs> Okay, Iggy, let's get moving. Maybe we missed our contact, but we took care of something a whole lot more important. Lead it close to the dock, Iggy, and I'll throw a line around that post. Aye, aye, Cap. Here we are. I'll hop on the dock and tie us up. Hold on to the dock till I make the jump, Iggy. Go ahead, Cap. We're steady as a rock. There we are. Now to tie us up. Come on ashore, Iggy. Okay. Here I am, and glad to be here. You know, Cap, that's the first time I ever did something like that. Ram a boat on the water and knock off a couple of guys that way. It really doesn't matter how you kill a man, Iggy. The results are always the same. You're perfectly right, Captain Smith. Hey, come on, Markham. Hey, hey Captain, they're alive. The two guys we rammed. Let's get out of here. so fast, young man. You're not going anywhere. Don't oh, like your clipping my mate, Vance. I got a little return message for you. Keep the tow off for a moment, Vance. I'm coming. Oh, right, don't you? Don't get don't him help me. I want to think. Oh. Now, oh. ah, that did it. Okay. Okay, Vance, I'm through. Don't hit me again. Captain Smith is lucky. He's still able to talk. His mate is slightly unconscious. Good work, Markham. Hey. Hey, you two guys. Maybe you wouldn't mind telling me how you ever got to shore after we rammed your boat. You're supposed to be out in the middle of the ocean. We would have been if we hadn't jumped overboard before your boat rammed us. We simply swam underwater to your dory and held onto it while you very obligingly towed us back to shore. So you see, Captain well, Smith. Well, what's going we... on here? 
Oh, it's you, Pants. <laughs> a little bit wet, ain't you? A bit. Markham, this is my friend, the photographer. How do you do? Hi. He's been very helpful on this case. I have? Tell me how. Uh, tell me, too. Later. Hey, you want a picture of these two guys on the dock? <laughs> I could take a snap of both of you, each holding one of the guys in your hands. <laughs> Just like a fish picture. I'm so tired of snapping pictures of guys with fishes in their hands. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No pictures. But there is a resemblance between these two characters and the pictures you generally take. Yeah? These two poor fish thought they could get away with murder. Catch anything yet, Ellen? Nope. Not even close. What are you using for bait? Perhaps that's the trouble. Oh, do you have to use bait? <laughs> well, I guess I'd better start all over again. Bass? Yes? What was the clue in the murder case we just finished? How was the photographer helpful? Don't you know? How could I know? Even he didn't know. Well, it was relatively simple. He told me he took pictures of every fisherman that caught a good-sized fish. Yes. And that there was a notation in the dock office about what boat it was caught from. I checked those records and found that a lot of fish were caught from a lot of boats this season, but none from the Daisy. Captain Smith's boat. Right. If Smith's boat hadn't been used to catch fish, it must have been used for other purposes. Oh. If, as we know, it left the dock late, and the late Millard case insisted on going out on it, Smith would have had to take him out and have had to get rid of him, which is what he did. Yes, I know that now from his confession. Um... Case's son was in on the mess, too, wasn't he? Yes, but I'd figured that. It couldn't have been coincidence that had him bring his father to the dock when no other boat except the Daisy was available. Young Case wanted to get rid of his father and get something on Captain Smith and Iggy at the same time. That's why they murdered him. You'd think with all his money, he wouldn't have fooled around with men like that. From what I understand, old man Case was pretty tight with his son. Young Case wanted some money to throw around, so... He got in on the smuggling racket. Well, Ellen, uh, want to continue fishing? What do you mean continue? I haven't even started yet. And there's no better time to start than at the end of the deep-sea murder case.
Welcome back. Well, our villains seem very cunning, but Philo Vance caught them up because they didn't realize that if their cover was that they rented out their boat to take people fishing, then maybe they should try renting out their boat to take people fishing at least once in a while. I feel more confident than ever in my theory that Philo Vance is the only smart person in his entire universe. At any rate, we do now turn to listener comments and feedback. And Saysoft writes, Adam, I think your confusion about the girl's apartment door was caused by a combination of bad timing and a lazy sound effects person. When you watch shows that are set in New York, such as Seinfeld, the apartment buildings always have a set of buzzer buttons by the front door of the apartment building with one button for each apartment. When a visitor comes and presses a buzzer button, the occupant of the buzzed apartment will press a button to unlock the front door so that the visitor can pull it open. In this episode, Philo arrived at the apartment way too soon to have just walked up from the building's front door, and there were no sound effects to indicate he was walking down the hall and then opening the door. With the bad timing and the lack of sound effect, it does indeed seem like the door was just magically opening at the touch of a button. Well, thanks so much for the comments, Saysoff, and I think if that, if what you'd said happened, and I think there's a possibility that might be what they intended, it was, uh, and this is, of course, I should say, uh, in regards to the episode, the motor, uh, murder mystery. Uh, it really does seem a case of either they didn't have time in the episode to do it right, so they probably shouldn't have done it. Now, of course, radio writers do have to rely on the audience to fill in details with their imagination, but the imagination has got to... Uh, you know, when you're describing a realistic setting, you've got to be tied to reality in some way. That was just not a very good sequence, and I think you may have identified a potential problem with it. And then we had a comment on Facebook. I listened to your podcast of Mystery is My Home, Be Death is a Twin. Loved your comments. I would be thrilled if the uh, TV version was uncovered, too. Well, um, I, I'm with you on that. You know, it's one of those things where, because it was recorded live, uh, you know, the, there are very thin odds that anything has uh, survived. But other things have survived from the live TV era. And stranger things than a TV episode of Mystery is My Hobby have come into circulation. I would love to uh, be able to see it if that ever uh, comes about. Thanks so much for the comment. And now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Timothy, Patreon supporter since April 2017, currently supporting us at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Timothy. And that will do it for today. A reminder, uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance, but join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... Jake Finley.
Well, lived here all my life, Mr. Dollar. First murder we ever had. Don't rightly know just how to go about dealing with it. Well, maybe between us we can come up with something. I hope so. Ain't much I can give you in the way of facts, though. Clues, I guess you call them. The woman's dead, and that's about it. Could have been an accident, even. What do you mean, accident? Hunters from the city come through here regular, shoot at anything that moves. One of them might have done it unintentional, then got scared and run. A city hunter with an old-fashioned squirrel rifle? That's what this bullet was fired from. Well, I said it could have been accidental. I didn't say it was. I reckon somebody meant to kill her, all right. Only trouble, though, I can't figure anybody that might have had a reason to. What about this slug? The ballistics boys make anything out of it? Nope. Too flattened out. Sent it clear to Philadelphia. They said there wasn't any way of telling what particular rifle it came from. And putting everybody in the township got one of them guns. Nope. It's like I said. No clues. Not speak of. There are people, though, Jake, with different motives and different capabilities. And one of them did it. Not the one you're figuring most on, though, Mr. Dollar. Her husband, you mean? Ben Williams? Why not? Ain't the type. Like you said about capabilities, he wouldn't kill anybody. You'll see when you meet him. Well, then suppose we meet him. All right. Farm is just outside of town. I'll drive you out there. But uh, <laughs> the township's kind of frugal with money. and I... I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.